Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Soul. So today we're going to talk about something we're all afraid of and we try to hide. Yet it's true about each and every one of us. And that, Savvy Souls, is the fact that we're each and every one of us an imperfect human being. There's not one of us that's perfect. I think the most beautiful experiences happen when we fall in love with our own imperfections. When we can clearly notice things about ourselves we wish were different, ways we wish we behaved differently, showed up differently, decided differently, felt differently, and choose to love ourselves even more because of those things. There's a Japanese practice, and I'm probably going to mess up this word because I've never heard it pronounced out loud, kintsugi. This word means joining together with gold. It's like those Japanese pottery bowls you see with all the little cracks in them and the gold filling. So what they do is they take broken pottery fragments and carefully glue them together with the sap of a Japanese tree and then adorn all the cracks with gold. And it's a really cool thing because there's a deep philosophical metaphor behind this practice, which is about embracing our flaws and imperfections. It's about how highlighting or emphasizing our imperfections can be beautiful. And it's also part of a broader Japanese practice called wabi-sabi, which is finding beauty in imperfection and seeing value in worn objects. So very similar to this idea of cracked Japanese pottery being uh, fixed and adorned with gold, I have something similar that happened in my life. I have a treasured possession that reminds me of this and it's a, a Tibetan bowl So the story of this bowl is pretty cool. A few years ago, several years ago, I was in Kathmandu and in Nepal. And one of the things in the middle of Nepal is this thing called the monkey palace. And what you do is, I can't remember the number of steps. It was like several hundred steps. You see the steps that go vertically up this mountain to the top. And there's this beautiful temple at the top and these big paintings of Buddhist eyes looking down at you. And it's all very cool. And it's called the monkey palace because there's monkeys that run around and try to grab things as as you walk up. Anyway, I had been in Kathmandu for a while in Nepal, even a bit longer. And they have these things called singing bowls. And they're the kind of bowls that you might've heard in chanting, Um, not crystal bowls, but they're metal bowls. And when you you hit them on the side or run this instrument around the rim at the top, it makes a low tone. And they sell of these in all the tourist stores pretty much everywhere in uh, Nepal. But 
at the top of this monkey palace, when we finally got up to the top, uh, we looked around and there were all these Buddhist uh, monks selling wares. And a number of them had these singing bowls. And I was still on the search for one that just was going to strike a chord with me saying, I guess it's a bit of a pun, but anyway, strike a chord with me and sound really beautiful. So I was kind of walking around, tapping all these different bowls and listening to them. And a monk was off in the corner and he was watching me. And eventually he came over and he approached me and said, Hey, I noticed you looking at all these different bowls. Are you really interested in one that sounds a particular way? Like, why are you tapping on all of them? So I told him that I was looking for the right sounding bowl. So he said, I want to show you something. And he motioned me into the back shop um, where he stored a lot of stuff. And he got out a stool and he reached up to the top shelf and he brought down this broken bowl. So it was this huge Tibetan bowl and it had this big crack in it but it had been welded together with some kind of metal. And he said, I wouldn't show this bowl to just anybody because as you can see, it's broken. So visually it's not perfect, but I want you to listen to it. And he took the instrument, tapped it against the bowl and it had the most beautiful, beautiful sound I'd ever heard. And he said, you know, this bowl had been up on this top shelf and it fell out and it cracked and so we decided to fix it. We had to get these special metal alloys and a monk fixed it. And then after we fixed it, we noticed that when we tapped on it, its song is even more beautiful than it was originally. The breaking of it and then the fixing it caused this bowl to be beautiful in song. Anyway, I loved this story. I loved the idea of it being imperfect and broken and then having been fixed and being coming even better than that. And it really is a bowl that has the most beautiful sound of any singing bowl I've ever heard. And it was, you know, the breaking and then the fixing of that crack that caused this to be such a beautiful story for me. But that's not even the end of my story because that bowl broke again. I had really found that bowl to be magical and gorgeous. And I had a friend whose husband was a sound engineer and he uh, had a illness diagnosis and was getting treatments for it and was kind of depressed about it. And I had this insight, oh, maybe if he had this bowl with him and knew that things can get broken and then be fixed and become even better, that would make him feel better. So I lent this bowl to him and he told me he would tap on the bowl every morning, um, you know, as he started the day and had to have all these treatments. And ultimately he did get better. And in celebration, they, he and his wife, they tapped the bowl one more time and they swung really hard and the bowl broke again. And so before they returned it to me, they managed in Toronto to find a monk who repaired the bowl with a gold ally. And after the monk repaired it, the song became even more beautiful than the first time it broke. So this bowl has quite the story and is quite the metaphor um, in my mind.
So that second repairer further enriched the sound. And I love that because it's we can be broken and get fixed several times. So I think my Tibetan bowl story and it being broken and repaired twice is an even better metaphor for the message I want to convey to you today here, Savvy Souls. It's like your life. You'll have many breaks, like times when circumstances seem to be conspiring against you and your expectations aren't satisfied, where you feel like you failed in some way, you're not showing up how you want to, or things haven't happened the way you like. We can think of those as breaks. And each time that you have an opportunity to lovingly accept that brokenness and make it better, it can result in your life each time becoming even more beautiful. I know that for me, all the ways I feel best about myself aren't ever those things that I naturally just did right or that I worked slowly and steadily and achieved without ever stumbling. The ways I feel best about myself are the things in life where I showed up imperfectly and learned to be okay with that part of me that wasn't perfect. Something I've experienced that I think many of you have to and will relate to is what it's like being a parent. I can honestly say there's nothing else I've done with so much heart and soul and yet so imperfectly as being a mother. I believe it's simply impossible to show up perfectly as a parent, no matter how hard we try. Yet we hold ourselves up to impossible standards and then our flaws emerge. We react in ways we wish we hadn't. We say things that distance rather than draw our children closer. We control rather than allow. We criticize rather than celebrate. We limit rather than encourage. I remember the joy when I finally learned the most important lesson I've learned yet as a parent. And what I learned was I don't have to do it right. I learned that my only job ever as a parent is just to love my child always exactly as she is exactly as he is right now. And when I forget that when I screw up and then I notice I've screwed up, no problem. As soon as I notice, I just get to come back to that simple thing. I just love them. I didn't react the way I wanted to, and that's okay. I just love them now. But my lesson isn't just about being a parent here. It's about being an imperfect human. It's about being a human, a normal, flawed, perfectly imperfect human. We get to choose this same loving approach for ourselves. Our only job ever as a human being is to love ourselves exactly as we are right now. And when we forget that and we notice not loving ourselves, notice that we're being self-critical, that we're not being patient with ourselves, we get to be okay with that and say to ourselves, that's okay. I was being mean to myself. 
And I get to love me as this human being who's sometimes mean to myself. I get to love myself right now, no matter what I've just done. One of the tools, and I think one of the most important tools I teach my clients is the skill of awareness. There are a lot of ways we impact our own lives. And when we become aware of those ways, we can take more control of the outcomes we create. So I teach my clients how to be more aware of their thoughts and their feelings and how the way we think and feel affect the actions that we take and the outcomes we achieve. So for example, if you were my client and you reported attending a social event with a new group of people and you really wanted those people to like you and you were fixated on that and you got nervous and you talked more than you wanted to, you forgot to ask them questions about themselves and then you noticed yourself doing that and you got more nervous and got tongue-tied and then you didn't say things you wanted to say and you left the whole event feeling very disappointed. If we coached on this, one thing we might do is explore why this happened. And we might discover that you were thinking, I need to impress these people. And when you were thinking that you need to impress these people, you were feeling conscious and that had you focus on yourself and what you needed instead of just relaxing and having genuine interactions and focusing on them. You were focused on something you couldn't control, which was their impressions of you, instead of something you could control, which was your level of interest in them and what they said. So in our coaching, you learned, oh, it was my thought. I need to impress these people that was part of this chain of events that had me showing up differently than I wanted. And then what your brain might say to you is, wait a minute, I caused this. It was me needing to impress people. And oh my God, I'm so selfish. I behaved like a bird. It was so embarrassing. And you could start going down that path. You might find yourself slipping into self-criticism about the thought you had, the thought that you needed to impress people. And when we talk, you'd notice that this self-criticism makes you feel even worse because you're thinking, I shouldn't have said that. And that new thought, I shouldn't have said that, now makes you feel regretful and ruminate. And that doesn't get you anywhere. See how our brains can work? We pile negative thought on negative thought, we develop a skill of awareness. We see how our negative thoughts or the way we were thinking created some result. And then when we become aware of that, we criticize ourselves for having that negative thought, which leads to further other consequences. And then we can criticize that. And it becomes like those Russian dolls, you know, and just layers of negative self-talk. But the only issue here, my friend, is just your basic human desire to not do it, whatever that means, wrong, to not be flawed so that you can be accepted. Savvy Souls, this is the beautiful part. This is the part where you get to think, this part of the coaching where you get to think, I was thinking I need to impress these people and that's okay. And next time that happens, I'll try to remember that I can keep refocusing on being curious about them. And if I forget to be curious again, that's okay too. 
throughout all of this, you get to keep coming back to, I'm committed to just loving me now. And that's okay. Just keep coming back to, and that's okay. I'm always telling you savvy souls that what, what I'm about to say is the secret sauce or the key to everything or one of those expressions. And this is another one of those things. The secret sauce is this. Each time you show up in a human flawed way and you notice it, just say to yourself, I did whatever I did that I wish I hadn't. And that's okay. Just keep noticing whatever you wish were different about what you did and say to yourself, and that's okay. And let, and that's okay, be your mantra. Let it be the automatic addition to every self-criticism you notice yourself making. When you do that enough, I promise you this, you will find it easier to love your imperfect self. You will feel an ease and acceptance in who you are, as you are, as the imperfect being you are. And when you find in yourself that love and acceptance of you, the imperfect you, you will find that love and acceptance of the other people around you, those imperfect humans all around you, much easier too. Falling in love with your imperfections will have you falling in love with life. Savvy souls, I wish for you the beauty, comfort, and deep sense of well-being that comes from being grounded in your okayness. Life is beautiful. It's a beautiful, expansive thing when you stop believing that you need to be perfect. By the way, speaking of needing to be perfect, starting this June, I'm going to be teaching a group of you how to live more expansively and in that group, we're going to be all about showing up as our imperfect, beautiful human selves and moving forward in a real practical, accessible and supportive way. This program is going to help you if you've been wanting to expand in something new and you just can't get there with the way your brain works. Our brains have at least a thousand reasons that hold us back, keep us stuck keep us from living the lives we want. So if you've been yearning to do something for years and you've been thinking about it forever, but your brain's been coming up with what I have to say are just BS reasons. Like for example, all this nonsense that we just talked about today about your need to be perfect. I'm creating the magic room experience and the magic is gonna be created by us working together to break through the BS. If you want to learn more about the Magic Room Experience as a roll it out, it's going to be starting sometime in June. You can sign up for my newsletter by going to www.gracedcanvas, G-R-A-C-E-D as in dog, canvas, C-A-N-V-A-S.com slash podcast. That's where it is right now. Scroll down to the blue button. Um, and it will have you sign up for my creative expansion newsletter. My website is getting revised and in the newer form, it's going to be out in a week or two, just scroll down to the bottom of any page and you can easily subscribe for my newsletter there. If any of that is too difficult for you and you want to make sure you get all of the announcements, just 
reach out to me at heather at gracedcanvas.com. Again, that's G-R-A-C-E-D-C-A-N-V-A-S.com. And you'll get all of the information to decide whether this is the program for you. Would love to meet lots of you live. Take care. Have a beautiful, flawed, imperfect human week. And remember to keep telling yourself, and that's okay. Love you guys. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.